Welcome to the Energy Transition Podcast. My name is Ronan Kavanagh, Deputy Editor of EI New Energy, and I'm here today to discuss our recently released Top 100 Green Utilities Report with its author, Energy Intelligence Senior Reporter and Analyst, Philippe Roos. Uh, hi, good morning. Thank you for joining us today, Philippe. Um, firstly, could you explain what you do in this report? Yes, of course. We, we have selected a a group of uh, power generators, uh, utilities, and uh, independent power producers, IPPs, uh, which represent approximately a little bit less than half of the world's uh, generating capacity. And we have ranked them for their greenness. And by greenness, we mean their climate impact. So it's not about, it's only about climate. It's not about local pollution or nuclear waste, for example. And we're using two criteria. The first one is uh, CO2 emissions per uh, megawatt hour generated or kilowatt hour generated on the one hand. And the other one is uh, renewable capacity, which we measure. uh, We have two ways of measuring it. Uh, We measure it in terms of uh, total capacity they have and the share of this renewable capacity in their total generation fleet and uh, this renewable capacity by renewables we mean mostly the so-called modern renewables which are basically wind and solar as opposed to hydropower because it's it's from these technologies wind and solar that the growth uh, will be coming and the transition will be happening. Now the report is in its ninth year and what notable changes have you seen since the first ranking back in 2011? Yes, yeah, since the first ranking, the total capacity in the in the sample in the in the one hundred companies that that are in the ranking, uh, which are not always the same, uh, the the total capacity in the ranking has increased by about ten percent to thirty two hundred gigawatts, up from twenty nine hundred gigawatts in twenty eleven. Uh, and at the same time, non-hydro renewables, these so-called modern renewables, have more than tripled in uh, in less than 10 years to almost 400 gigawatts or 12% of the total capacity in the ranking, up from 110 or just 4% in 2011. Meanwhile, uh, fossil fuels dropped from 65% of the total to 56% of the total, and hydropower and nuclear more or less stagnated. Uh, Emissions intensity in the ranking has decreased by 25%, which is quite remarkable, over the past decade, uh, to 425 kilograms per megawatt hour, or grams per kilowatt hour in in uh, last year, in 2019, down from 440 kilograms per megawatt hour uh, one year before, in 2018, or 565 kilograms per megawatt hour uh, in 2011, when the ranking was first published. Now, that's the global picture, but how does this break down between the different regions? Well, European companies have almost have seen almost a 50% decrease over the period, in uh, in their emissions per per megawatt hour, which is quite qu- quite a lot, they are perhaps surprisingly uh, closely followed by U.S. firms at uh, almost minus forty percent. Uh, meanwhile, despite a lot of investment done in carbon-free technologies in wind, solar, hydro, and nuclear, Chinese generators 
I've only managed to cut emissions uh, intensity by just over 20%, 22% since 2011. And they remain indeed the most carbon intensive companies in the ranking at, at over 600 kilograms uh, per megawatt hour. And that's basically because coal is still and by far the number one fuel in China. Uh, uh, by contrast, uh, if you take generators in the ranking from Latin America, Canada, and the former Soviet Union, they are at below 200 kilograms. And that's because they have a lot uh, of hydro capacity and sometimes uh, uh, nuclear capacity, uh, rather than having a lot of wind and solar. And you mentioned, I mean, incumbent switching capacity, but we've also seen a r- the rise in the ranking of, of specialized renewable companies, haven't we? Yes, we have. Uh, one, I mean, the most notable example is Acciona, uh, a Spanish company, a Spanish uh, infrastructure conglomerate and IPP, which tops the table for the sixth year in a row. Uh, we can also cite the US IPP Invenergy, which uh, operates an interesting mix of renewable energy and gas capacity, and it uh, ranks 11th in the in the ranking. Uh, and, and those companies, uh, those specialized companies, could soon be joined by new entrants or renewable developers that are still a bit too small to be in, in the ranking. Companies like Greenco, uh, an Indian company, and also uh, based at least on their very ambitious renewable targets, uh, European oil companies, which, uh, which, which have announced a uh, extremely ambitious renewable targets. So if these materialize, they, they will make it uh, to the ranking. And I mean, looking at the this collective effort, I mean, it's leading to a decrease in emissions intensity of about 3% per year over the last decade. But is that enough? I mean, the short answer is no. It's it's remarkable, but it's it's not enough to achieve many. I mean, to achieve the the, the Paris Agreement's targets, and even to achieve what many companies, uh, many company ambitions, which typically involve a 50% reduction in uh, in emissions per megawatt hour uh, between now and 2030, and between uh, 80 and 100% by 2050. So many utilities have, have said they will be carbon neutral by 2050, uh, and that they need to accelerate their, their decarbonization. Uh, they are decarbonizing. Uh, as I mentioned, European generators are, are doing pretty decently and uh, and th- those in the ranking have cut fossil fuel capacity by for example by 20 gigawatt last year in just one year uh, but at the same time companies in china and the rest of asia in the middle east they're still adding fossil fuel capacity and they've added last year uh, the, the ones in the in the ranking they've added 40 gigawatts so it's it's about twice they've added twice what the european companies have retired now, focusing in on this year's findings, can you tell us about the top 10 companies in, in that list? Yes, the top 10 include uh, six European companies, three Chinese companies, plus one uh, US firm. Uh, together, they own about 300 gigawatts of uh, carbon-free capacity. Uh, that's about 75% of their total capacity. That's what's Quite, quite remarkable. Uh, and that's quite diversified also because it includes uh, this 75% uh, of, re- of non, uh, non-carbon capacity, include 30% of non-hydro, of basically uh, wind and solar, about 25% of hydropower and 15% of nuclear. So it's quite diversified. 
uh, among those companies, uh, you have some that mostly rely on wind and solar, companies such as uh, Axiona in Spain or Ørsted in Denmark. Uh, you have other companies that also have considerable, considerable hydro capacity, companies such as uh, Iberdrola in Spain, uh, China Free Gorges in China, EDP in Portugal, or NL in uh, Italy. And you have also uh, big nuclear operators such as uh, CGN and CNNC in China, Aeon in Germany, or Nextera Energy in the US. Because because uh, nuclear, of course, is a is I mean nuclear, of course, is a controversial energy uh, for quite a number of good reasons. But it's all, it's also carbon free. So as far as climate is concerned, it's 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 good. And, and looking be beyond those headline numbers, I mean, what in the last year particularly stands out to you? Uh, I think one interesting invo- evolution is is that it's it's more apparent that U.S. utilities are now about as ambitious as their European peers in terms of uh, setting decarbonization goals. And this is in, 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 in stark contrast with US oil companies, which are still quite reluctant to commit on climate. Uh, many of the US utilities are targeting reductions in emissions intensity of, of 50% or more by 2030, and they are targeting carbon neutrality by 2050, just like European utilities. If I may, I may, I may cite a few examples. Nextera Energy, for example, they plan to reduce emissions intensity by uh, two thirds by set sixty seven percent between twenty f- between two thousand five and twenty twenty five, and that's a, that's a forty percent reduction in absolute emissions because they also plan to or they expect to double generation over the same period. Uh, examples of companies targeting uh, 2050 neutrality include high performers in the ranking, such as Dominion Energy, PSEG, Sov- the Sovereign Company, or Duke Energy. But also, quite interestingly, uh, a number of coal-intensive generators, which are at the bottom of the ranking and for which the effort will be will be will be huge. Companies such as uh, Vistra Energy, AEP, DTE, or, or WEC Energy. Now, these targets are already translating into coal-to-glass switching and substantial renewable investments, aren't they? Yes, yes, indeed. The switch from coal to gas and from fossil fuels to renewables among U.S. utilities has been quite remarkable. Uh, uh, for example, U.S. companies in the original rank- rankings, so those which were already in the in the first edition of the ranking 2011, those companies have added 33 gigawatts uh, in less than 10 years of renewable capacity and retired 46 gigawatts of fossil fuel capacity, uh, which resulted in a drop of over 40% in carbon emissions. Uh, U.S. company in the latest ranking emitted just under 400 kilograms per megawatt hour, which is roughly the level of emission a, a combined cycle gas turbine has. And that's down 7% uh, from 2011, just minus 7% in one year, and minus uh, 37% uh, since 2011. So it's, that's, a, that's quite a, a fast rate of, of decrease. Yeah, but impressive as that is, I mean, U.S. utilities are still trailing behind the Europeans, aren't they? I mean, how far? Yes, they are, I mean, they are still a long way behind. At, uh, as I said, at almost 400 kilograms per megawatt hour last year on average uh, uh, versus just over 200 uh, kilograms uh, for European utilities in the ranking. So it's still twice as much. 
Uh, and indeed, the energy transition has had its most striking impact on uh, on European utilities so far. Uh, those in the ranking since the beginning have added almost 50 gigawatts of solar and wind capacity in less than a decade, and they retired during the same period, a staggering 150 gigawatts uh, also of fossil fuel assets, which resulted in a decline in generation, but a decline in generation of 20%, and at the same time, a drop in emissions intensity of 50%, and a, a fall of 60% in total emissions. And among the Europeans, which companies are taking a lead here? Well, you have a number of companies uh, which are among the top renewable developers in the world, companies such as Iberdrola in Spain, EDP in Portugal, uh, Enel in Italy, or EDF and Engie in France. Uh, a, a very good uh, example is also Ørsted uh, in Denmark, the leading offshore company in the world. And they, are commi- they used to be an oil and gas company. They used to be a uh, coal-intensive utility. Uh, Now they are uh, the leading offshore wind company globally, and they're committed to become carbon neutral by 2025, which is almost tomorrow almost. Uh, Another remarkable example is in Germany, RWE. Uh, They want to cut emissions by 70% uh, between 2018 and 2030 and reach carbon neutrality before 2050. They they are targeting 2040, despite the big coal-fired capacity and lignite-fired capacity they still have. Uh, And to help achieve this, uh, they have acquired E.ON's renewable business in exchange for a 10% stake in that company, in E.ON, uh, which will actually result in E.ON completely exiting generation, uh, fossil and renewable, except for the legacy uh, nuclear assets that they have, but which are going to be retired soon. Now, speaking of nuclear, I mean, as you said earlier, it's controversial. And and while it's carbon-free, nuclear capacity is not earning direct points for companies in the ranking, is it? No, it, no, it's not. Uh, but it contributes because it's 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 zero carbon. It contributes to lowering emissions, uh, to lowering emissions intensity, which is fully recognized in the carbon side of our calculation. Uh, even though, as you said, uh, nuclear energy is uh, highly criticized and for some good reasons on uh, safety grounds. Uh, we have a number of pure nuclear specialists in the rankings, such as India's uh, NPCIL. Uh, Russia's uh, Rosatom, uh, Ukraine's Enagoatom, and they perform well in the in the ranking. And we also have a number of nuclear operators, which have all, which also have other technologies in their fleet. Uh, we have Vattenfall in Sweden, uh, Axpo and Alpic in Switzerland, uh, Ontario Power Generation in uh, in Canada, Fortum in Finland, of course EDF in France. Uh, which combines significant nuclear and hydro capacity to to get to a big uh, non-carbon emitting fleet. And what about China? I mean, it's been a big investor in all of the technologies. Yeah, in China we have um, we have a number of nuclear specialists also, CGN and CNNC, uh, which rank very well because they they are they not only have a big nuclear fleet but they've also been for a few years, uh, diversifying into uh, renewables, which is quite an interesting diversification for a nuclear company. Uh, Likewise, we have hydro specialists, China, Free Gorges, which is also investing in other renewables, in wind and solar. 
Uh, on the other hand, we have the other Chinese generators, which are also big at renewables. Actually, the biggest renewables operators in the world uh, uh, currently are some of, of these big nuclear generators, but they are even much, even bigger in coal. And this causes their emissions intensity to be high at between 600 and 800 kilograms per, per megawatt hour. And therefore, their ranking is is is. Mid- is 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 average is, is around the the middle of the ranking. We have China in energy investment at the third, which is thirty first, or China Wadian, which is fifty six. We have uh, SPIC, which is a different story. They are uh, ranked fourteen, which is quite good, uh, and they operate uh, a unique and relatively balanced mix of fossil fuels, about fifty five percent of their of their capacity plus wind and solar at 25, hydropower at 15, and even some nuclear at 5% of their, uh, of their capacity. Very interesting. Thank you very much, Philippe, for sharing those insights with us. Thank you. And I hope you can join us again. Now, the report can be downloaded for free from our website, www.energyintel.com. We hope you find it useful. And that just leaves it for me now to say thank you to all our listeners to tuning into today's podcast. And we hope you join us again in January for the next Energy Transition podcast. Thanks for listening to the Energy Intelligence podcast. Please check back with us soon for our latest content, which you can find at energyintel.com.